Welcome to Inside the Vault, Enterprise Bank's podcast series where we talk about topics of interest to our small business community. Once again today, I'm joined by President and CEO of Enterprise Bank, Chuck Lai. Uh, and Chuck and I are going to um, continue on a, a theme that we've talked about several times in the past, which is, you know, uh, current government policies and implementation and its unintended consequences. So drilling down today, what we want to talk about is a new um, rule, a new regulation coming out uh, for banks and other lending institutions regarding um, disclosure to the public of demographic information and specific loan information for small businesses. Um, we in the banking industry for a number of years have, have dealt with a, a, a fairly stringent demographic report, demographic uh, type reporting requirement when it came to housing-related loans or loans that are secured um, by residential uh, property. But what we're seeing now is some of the same type of data collection and even more extensive even than on the home lending side is spilling now over into small business lending. Um, so let's let's kind of start at the beginning, Chuck. Um, you know, uh, what is being asked to be done uh, by the banking lending community now on the small business financing side um, is being driven by um, some amendments to the Dodd-Frank Act, um, and specifically the agency responsible for some of um, these new reporting requirements is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which as a misnomer is no longer just consumer um, under this rule. So can you give our listeners a, a little background on, on Dodd-Frank and CFPB, and then we can drill down into this particular issue? Well, I think the agency's purpose is to protect consumers. Um, there is a, I think, fundamental change in the way um, people think uh, nowadays, and it and it actually shows itself between the two political parties. You know, there's a business-oriented Republican Party that seems to. Um, use uh, competition to keep things fair. And there seems to be a push from the Democratic Party, which is more, I think, consumer, individual driven, that they have to tell you how to be fair and mandate how to be fair. Um, and so you see a push and pull between these groups um, and uh Obviously, Section 1071 that we're talking about now, where they're having banks collect data, it's it's a it's a data point collection. I think that's driven by the concept of they're trying to uh, obtain data to analyze the data to see if there's discrimination taking place at the business level. So I think that's what you've kind of got at a 30,000-foot level going on in the background and all these parties pushing and pulling against one another trying to, you know, push through their, their agenda where they're coming from. Yeah. So so let's kind of get specific here. What's what, And I don't even say it's being proposed. I mean, it's in regulation now. Apparently, I think it went into regulation at the end of March, and 
there's an implementation period um, beginning, I think, 90 days after that, so shortly here. But what we're talking about is um, small business applications, um, whether they ultimately are approved or even uh, denied during the underwriting process, have to collect uh, the banks uh, as part of their small business uh, financing and application process have to collect, uh, I think, 21 different data points uh, about the small business itself and about the, the terms and structure of the financing um, that has been approved or was offered, not accepted. So um, what is really kind of interesting to me and surprising to me, uh, and we'll go through some of these, is the level of detail involved here um, in terms of the type of information that the bank's required to collect and that ultimately will be made available to the public through the CFPB. Um, so, you know, we can talk about all the implications here in a minute, but this seems to me, you know, being in the small business lending field for many, many years as you have, Chuck, you know, this is almost trying to homogenize small business lending, which just doesn't happen. Every deal is different. Well, as I said before, um, our approach, at least with Enterprise Bank, is we treat everybody as an individual. We don't we don't do any we don't have loan project uh, products that are the same. You know, we, we try to customize everything to a particular business. So, uh, but the, but the fundamental purpose behind this drive to collect data is again to find discrimination and and weed it out. And you know how numbers can be manipulated one way or the other. So to me, the question is, is this really going to work in the marketplace that there's a need relative to the cost and, and the detriments that go along with what you're doing here? From my standpoint personally, I think this is a, a huge waste in time and effort because, you know, like in, in our organization, discrimination is just wrong. It's not good business. It's not good anything. You know, when you're running a business, you want the best people around you. You want the best clients around you. Um, the color of your skin, your religion, uh, you know, whether you're gay or not, that has no basis whatsoever in are you a good client or are you a good employee? You know, the characteristics of hard work and loyalty is what we look for. Um, in clients, it's, it's, it's basically the same types of things. And do they have the ability to repay and do they have the character to stand behind their word and repay their loan? Uh, a good institution wants to do as much, have as many good employees as they can and as many good clients as they can. And so nobody with any good business common sense is going to discriminate because it just reduces your probability of success. Uh, and for the businesses that do discriminate, well, they're stupid. And they're at a disadvantage and eventually they'll fail. To me, 
and clients have the ability to pick and choose where they go. Uh, this idea of making extra overhead, which makes the services we provide more expensive, to try to find the stupid people that will go out of business anyways and, and that their attitude isn't acceptable is a complete waste of time. To me, it's politics playing games. Um, and I'm not sitting there saying that some people don't discriminate. Quite honestly, uh, in the CPA firm, when I first began to work, it did discriminate. And, and when it became very obvious they discriminated, I left and started my own firm. I wasn't going to tolerate that kind of crap. So I'm not sure, you know, there is some issues left there. And there are ways that, uh, you know, there are laws there that people need to uh, – enforce but when you start to mandate how people act and you disclose confidential information and you you hurt the businesses um, to me you're you're just defeating the purpose a good business is never going to discriminate it just isn't you know and 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 if they do then they're going to weaken themselves it's just like when we look at uh, you know what is it the story where the guy that builds cakes or, you know, bakes cakes out west, he won't bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. Well, all that does is reduce the amount of business he does. <laughs> uh, if he's that stupid, then then let him be stupid. I mean, yeah. what, what, what? who cares? Because there's a lot of bakers out there that are good business people that will want that business in the worst way. And do we now make all cakes get more expensive, which is in effect – equating to what's going on in banking. Do we right. want the services to be more expensive now because of a, a couple of uh, people that aren't mainstream? Well, I don't think it makes sense to hurt everybody to try to do something to slap a couple of idiots on the hands for being idiots. Well, good point, Chuck, about the discrimination because even beyond this small business report, data collection reporting issue, you know, we both know the government's tried to, you know, uh, minimize or eliminate discrimina discrimination to the extent that they can. But a lot of the tactics that they're using to try to do that are somewhat misdirected. Don't you agree? Oh, most definitely. I think, uh, you know, the idea that you're going to identify discrimination by looking at numbers, you know, numbers can tell all sorts of uh, different stories with the same data. And, and it's not necessarily an accurate form and we haven't had success doing it we've been collecting data like that for home mortgages forever and i don't see any actions from the government changing anything the bottom line is industry and people have to change and want to change um as i kind of said before there's really no place in and from an ethical perspective inside a business where you want discrimination. There's no value to this whatsoever, you know, but it takes, it's not talk, it's actions. You know, for instance, when I was uh, a uh, manager in an accounting firm and coming up and and was right at the stage where I was um, being offered a, a partnership, uh, my responsibilities for the, probably the two or three years prior to that time was to cr recruit uh new accountants and bring them into the firm when they graduated from school. And uh, the the last year I was there, there um, we hadn't grown a whole lot, so we only had one position. And I interviewed a bunch of people, 
and uh, presented uh, the candidate who I thought was heads and above everybody else. And keep in mind, the prior two years I'd done this, they'd accepted, you know, who I'd offered. And um, in this particular year, one of the partners looked at the resume and says, is, uh, is, this, uh, is this a black girl? And I said, uh, I, yeah. And uh, his response is, uh, as, as long as I'm a partner here, there'll never be a, a black woman in this firm. What year and, was this, uh, Chuck? <laughs> well, I'm 66, so I am. It is a while back, and it's quite a while back. But the truth of the matter is, um, that bothered the heck out of me. And I left the firm. And that was one of the primary reasons why I left the firm. And uh, as I look back, I entered into business with uh, some friends that I'd got to know. And uh, it was the best decision I made because then I was in an environment where we could really ethically practice the way we wanted to practice. But the bottom line is I sacrificed income for three or four years by making that decision versus accepting that partnership, and that would have been the way a lot of people would go. But to me, that's the way you combat discrimination. You have to do the right thing, and sometimes it's not it's not in your best interest to do it. But ethically, you know it's the right thing to do, and that's what people have to do. It's it's and it's it's just in the long term, it's it's good business to treat treat people fairly and have the best people around you, and. Um, when you take actions that support things, uh, that, that, that ethical standard, it, it makes a difference. But too many people talk the talk and do not walk the walk. To me, that's exactly what this rule is. Yeah. That's what we're doing, and we multiply it over and over. It's the same bad policy from, from one end to another because there are a few bad parties out there. And... Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people are being hurt by this stuff. I mean, this affects our operation dramatically. You know, we have a personal service set up here at the bank. So our relationship managers are the sole contact with the client. Now you're forcing me to ask these questions, and you're telling me the person that's underwriting can't have access. Can't have that. access to the questions. Well, who's going to ask? It? Well, now I have to send a separate person out to meet the client to ask questions that, quite honestly, I'm not sure I want disclosed. Um, you know, I may or may not want to disclose, you know, my ethnicity and other things because if there's no discrimination, I don't want people knowing that it's, it's irrelevant to the decision making. Right. Why give it when it has nothing to do with the decision making? Now what we do is we're going to make it more expensive to get a loan because I have to have another person go out and ask, what, 20-some-odd questions so that I can give it to the government who can publish it sometimes. And honestly, is that is that really benefiting anybody? And now it makes it harder for our relationship managers to operate. Well, you know. Obviously, there's there's additional burden on the bank, which let's be honest, that translates in additional cost to the to the small business. Um, but let's talk about the unintended consequences to the business owners. I'm just going to hit a couple of these um, data points that we're going to have to collect. Some of them are relatively innocuous, but some of them, you know, uh, are are 
pretty business specific. So, you know, we're going to have to start reporting on, um, you know, the recipient, um, how they applied, what credit type we offered them, what term, what amount, what interest rate, what the purpose of the financing is. Um, the action we took, and if we turned them down, the reasons they were turned down, the census tract they're in, their gross revenues, their industry code, their number of employees. If you get into a rural area, which we lend a lot in, and a lot of community banks around the country do, I can figure out who these businesses are and without those, having and the And those names. <laughs> businesses want that kept private. Exactly. And quite honestly, if I was one of those businesses, I'd be grabbing my congressman by the throat and saying, what is wrong with you? Yep. You are destroying the, the way <laughs> the free market operates under the guise of trying to protect discrimination. And honestly, we've been collecting data like this in the consumer area for years, years, a lot of years. Is it made a difference? Do you see people changing their habits based on all this activity level? I, I don't. Now, maybe that's because we don't discriminate, so we don't pay attention to any of this stuff. You know, it's, it's funny. We had a, uh, a collection action go on the other day, and an attorney out of the, out of the blue sent me a threatening letter because we were starting to foreclose because the person had made their payments and wasn't cooperating with us to try to work out of the hole. And um, he threatened me being a racist. I didn't even know the client was a minority. <laughs> I mean, we don't even pay attention to those kind of things. I had to go down the hallway to the, to the relationship manager and say, is this person a minority? Where, where is this person coming from? And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like... And all the times we've debated it, all the days and weeks that we've talked about trying to help and work with this client, we never—it was never, never brought up. up. We we don't we don't discuss those kind of things. It's not part of what we do. So, well, here, you know, one of our our, our uh, community bank counterparts testified recently. He said, "You know, I I I am a bank in a rural area. If I decline somebody, and it could be for some innocuous reason." And that gets reported to the public in my little town. That could affect his or her ability to do business with other people because it's it, it's. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just these unintended unintended consequences and the level of detail that will ultimately end up in the public domain from a private transaction with the bank is scary to a lot of business owners. Um, you know, and we're talking about you know. All the time we're talking about data integrity and protecting, you know, confidential business information from cyber attacks and all the other stuff that's going on. And we're giving, you know, competitors for our business owners basically enough information to to better compete with, with these borrowers. Well, here, here's the thing. When you look at our country, we've always had, you know, businesses, it, it's a free market and, and there's competition. And you use competition to... To keep things fair. And if somebody grows so big that they can influence that competition, we have rules and laws that come in to stop that. Um, My problem with nowadays is we have some hard society decisions to make. You know, with regard to 
discrimination at times with regard to like uh, you know abortions and, and 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 these are hot topics you know when you when you look at like the gay community and you look at the, the religious community you know there are conflicts there 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 are there even inside the religions themselves you see uh, congregations splitting in half because part are saying the Bible says this and others saying but your common decency says to treat differently they're hard society issues to work with my problem is that's not business there are society issues for us to work through but don't bring them into the business environment in the business environment it's different we're, we're trying to make money compete with other people um, bringing these these types of things into the business fragments and hurts the businesses just like it's hurting our society. Now, these are things that have to be worked out, but the business environment's not where it's supposed to be. I don't want my employees, and, I, and I'm guessing that half, you know, are into abortions and half are against abortions, and I... That the workplace is not where that's to be resolved. It it just isn't, and and, and doing things like this is forcing it into the workplace. Um, to the extent things are illegal, we have laws in place, and the businesses need to follow those laws. And if you find somebody uh, not following the law, then then you have to take action. But these this gathering of the information. Okay, uh, maybe that could be a good tool to look and find people who potentially are discriminating. But it's not a good tool to be publishing it out in the, in the future when you're giving people private information out there. I mean, you're crossing the line. You're creating these societal type of issues in the business climate where it doesn't need to be. Really you're just going to hurt things. Yeah, really, really good point. And, you know, the counter point to a lot of this is, okay, we want to make sure we're getting more capital to small businesses of all types, regardless of who they're owned by uh, or what they are. But we're going to make them more expensive for the banks to deliver the product right. because of the level of compliance here. I mean, you know, we already see this barbell effect in banking where community banks, because of the com compliance burdens, can't compete and they have to consolidate. Well, who's then? I mean, there's no lie in the numbers. Who's the number one provider of loans to small small businesses? Are these community banks? Right. Um, you know, it's just so we're going to hurt them. Yeah. Well, here again, here's the ignorance with regard to the political climate. You know, you look at the people who say they dislike banks. You know, you can look at uh, Senator Warren. You can look at Senator Sanders, and you and you can see them. They have a distaste for large financial institutions. Well, okay, that's your, your that's your opinion. I get it. Um, there are pros and cons with everything, and you've decided the, the cons outweigh the pros. Well, then my question is, why do you keep doing things to make them get even bigger? <laughs> okay? Because uh, that's what you've done. You have g put in these kind of programs that benefit the large and hurt the small. And so your stated purpose is the opposite of what your goals are accomplishing. And so that's not good. When you say one thing and actually do something different, 
uh, that's that's a character issue as far as I'm concerned. And you know, we've got to stop doing those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, we all should have our opinions. You know, you like big banks, you dislike big banks. Well, if you dislike big banks, do things to affect that makes them smaller or do not not hurt the other group because it's good politics and then not do what you said you were going to do. I mean, it just, these things don't make sense to me. It's, it's, uh, I mean, if you, if you put out a program like this and it, it doesn't create a benefit and, and I, I fail to see the millions of dollars that have been spent gathering this information in the banking environment and increasing the overhead I don't see results from it in the consumer area, in the mortgage home mortgage area. So why do you think you're going to get results from it here that's going to make a difference? And then you go so far, you go beyond what Congress, this agency has gone beyond what Congress said to do, taking it another step, and now we're publishing confidential business information and putting it in the marketplace. Really? You think that's going to help the purpose of what you're doing? How? How is that going to help? Unfortunately, it seems like this is one of those issues where the cat's already out of the bag. Um, so, you know, we're heading into implementation. I understand there's still a lot of pushback from the trade associations uh, like the ICBA at the national level that we're involved with and the Pennsylvania community bankers. I mean, what are your thoughts and, and what can be done at this stage in the legislative process when these rules are already been published? Well, people need to start push them back when the unintended benefits start to happen then 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 they'll they'll complain and when the business's personal information becomes public and they're not doing anything wrong and now they have a competitive disadvantage versus their competitors you'll start to see those senators and congress people not get contributions for office and in fact find people who are going to change things back the other way um you know, even if you want to, if you want to uh, employ this as a means of finding discrimination, this is not the way to do it. It's partially the way to do it if if you believe in statistics and that type but of thing. But don't publish it to their well, <laughs> and even if you publish it, publish the things that will show and illustrate what you want to illustrate, not their confidential yeah. spreads and their sizes and things like that. I mean, come on. I mean, you may want to use that statistically in-house, but you don't need to put it out in the public so that people can be have confidential information on, on certain businesses. It's just not right. Well, hopefully we've given our, our audience a heads up um, again. Uh, maybe a little too late in the short term to avoid it from going into place. But like you said, Chuck, you know, if there's enough unintended consequences, you know, um, our legislators need to know that, and hopefully um, this can be rolled back or changed some way in the future. Uh, for those of you that um, are regular Inside the Vault listeners or viewers, you can email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com with any comments you have on today's episode or any ideas for future topics or speakers. And for those of you who are not regular subscribers, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms and in video format on YouTube. Chuck, once again, thanks for the input. I'm sure we'll have many more topics like this to talk about as we move forward. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for viewing.
Mm-hmm.